Welcome to another edition of Don't Shoot the Messenger podcast. On behalf of myself, Professional Sutton, Chris G., The Rocket Report, and SP, we appreciate you for tuning in. Don't Shoot the Messenger is an unfiltered, unedited, opinionated sports podcast. Our goal is to enlighten and to spread knowledge about the things that are current in sports. Now, we're not going to sit up here and say that we are a news because we're not. Our views isn't to sway you politically, but definitely in the sports realm, we definitely want you to be on our side. We have fun and we love what we do. Since this is your first time, or maybe it might be your eighth time or even 20th time, we want you to experience the listening pleasure as if it was your very first time. So if you like what you hear, please like and subscribe all over podcast platforms. Also, if you have Facebook, you can go to your Facebook and type in Don't Shoot the Messenger Podcast, where you can like and also follow us on Facebook, on Instagram, Real DSTM, and also on Twitter, Real DSTM1. And we are bringing this unedited, unadulterated, and fun podcast everywhere podcasts are sold or told or however you want it. But again, thank you so much for subscribing and listening to the Don't Shoot the Messenger podcast. Thank you, thank you, thank you for clicking on the Don't Shoot the Messenger podcast link. I'm your boy, Professional Sutton. On behalf of Chris G, the Rocky Report SP, we want to say thank you for taking the time out of your busy day to listen to our podcast. Don't Shoot the Messenger podcast is a very opinionated, entertaining sports podcast where we give you the real, the authentic, and everything in between. This podcast is not like ESPN, Fox One, where we're going to be politically correct. Now, we, do, we are not trying to bash anyone. Our goal is not to make anyone feel bad, but we do want to sway you to be on our side. So that's why we said team needed. This is not news. We will report news on our pages, but we aren't saying that we're correct by any means. But also, we are not saying that we're wrong by any means as well. Before you click, I just would like to let you know that you can find us on various social media platforms. You can find us on Facebook Live, 1230 Eastern Standard Time, on the Don't Shoot the Messenger podcast fan page. So please go like and share that as well. You can find us on Instagram, Real DSTM, on Twitter, Real DSTM1, and also on YouTube under Professional Sutton. We will be switching to the Don't Shoot the Messenger page on YouTube, but that's in the coming future. But again, thank you for tuning in. On behalf of the family, we appreciate you and hope that you come back and enjoy another episode. Ready? This is what the greatest thing about sports is. You play to win the game. Inch by inch, play by play, till we're finished. This is Don't Shoot the Messenger Podcast. X about me. X about me. With professional Sutton. You already know. Chris G. My homie. And the Rucker Report. My family. What up? They for real. All straight with no chaser. Let the games begin. Let's go. Don't Shoot the Messenger Podcast.
You play to win the game. Inch by inch, play by play, till we're finished. This is Don't Shoot the Messenger Podcast. X about me, X about me. With professional Sutton. You already know. Chris G. My homie. And the Rucker Report. My family, what up? They for real. All straight with no chaser. Let the games begin. Let's go. Don't Shoot the Messenger Podcast. Welcome to another edition of Don't Shoot the Messenger Podcast. I'm your boy, Professional Sutton, on behalf of D-Ruck, The Ruck Report, and Chris G. I'm in the building tonight. I'm going to have a great time. It's going to be a great show. But before we begin, we want to thank our sponsor, 94.3 WYBC, The Rhythm of the City, home of the Juan Castillo Morning Show. You can catch your boy there every morning from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on East Coast, New Haven's finest R&B and adult contemporary music. Also, if you're not in the New Haven area, you know, you can catch us on 943wybc.com. Holla at your boy. I'm up there. I am so excited because this is actually my first time doing this OBS system. So after this gets done, it's going to be on YouTube. I got the audio. That's going to be on Amazon. I'm um, I'm sorry. Uh, iTunes, Spotify, Anywhere podcast platform or so, so your boy gonna be up there. I'm doing my thing, so highlight me. So tonight, you know, we're gonna go straight in. You know, this whole chicken, Chick fil A versus Popeyes. I guess it kind of got everybody away from Jay Z, and I guess everybody forgot that they're supposed to be mad at Jay Z. But when chicken's involved, I guess people forget. So hey, that's fine, that's fine with me. You know, we got the whole Popeye chicken, Chick fil A, and who has the best chicken, honestly. I can't say who has the best chicken because I only tried Chick-fil-A. I'm sorry. I was not standing in line for no three hours for no damn chicken. I cannot do it. So once Popeye's and once everybody, you know, get their filling and fixing on all the chicken, I guess I'll go to Popeye's and I'll do my own review, see who's better. But it doesn't matter. I mean, chicken's chicken, you know, but the point is you're supposed to be mad at Jay-Z in case you don't know. So this sort of so the title of the show, you supposed to be mad at Jay-Z. Why aren't you mad at Jay-Z? But I guess, you know, you know, Riley and you know the boondocks had it correct. You know, you give somebody some chicken and guess what? You know, they forget all about their problems. You know, so I guess chicken do that to you. You know, I guess I guess some good chicken would do that to you. But nonetheless, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna be good today. I swear I'm gonna try to be good. I gotta get my lighting right, because you know, this is my first time actually, you know, going live, uh, like I said, on not live, but, you know, making some good quality videos. I got the lights over here. So if y'all see me going in and out with the lighting, you know, again, I'm, uh, you know, my camera is getting used to me being so in the limelight. Again, this is all new to me. So I'm trying not to move so much. I'm a very animated person as, you know, as you'll see, you know, through the videos, but, uh, but it's going to be a good one tonight. So I just want to do my review on this Donald Sterling 30 for 30 uh, documentary that ESPN did a great job. It's called 30 for 30, Donald Sterling. Um, it's a four-part series, and watching that, you know, it, it was, hmm, I think, in case you don't know, Donald Sterling, he was the previous owner of the Los Angeles Clippers. I mean, he was a horrible owner. I mean, he was a cheapskate. Now, mind you, this man is a billionaire, but he subjected his players to have to, you know, play at a local junior college. Um, 
the conditions in which they played were horrible. The Clippers were always the laughing stock. You know, when I was coming up, nobody wanted to play for the Clippers. But I guess when you love the sport of basketball, you didn't care. And, you know, he was caught on tape by his side chick, his mistress, saying some awful things about Magic Johnsons and black people and just, you know, just minorities in general. You know, he was talking about how he didn't like them. And, you know, he was mad because she had to, you know, prance around with them. Can't you just be friends with them and not have to, you know, prance around with them like everybody else? So he was pretty pissed about that. I'm sorry about the lighting, people. Um, I'm doing my best to try to make sure that I'm not moving too much. Like I said, I'm a pretty animated guy, so I like to move. But Donald Sterling, he was a horrible owner. Let's just let's just let's just put it like that. I mean, since the start of time, I think that since his since his conception of being an owner, he was just you know, this jerk, he didn't understand what being an NBA owner was. And a lot of owners, they don't really care. Like, let's be real. they just all about the money. They don't watch basketball. It's an investment to them. Like, you know, make me some more money and make me more money and just keep winning, you know, and that's how it was. But he took it to the whole other level. I mean, this guy was really trying to buy players. Like, not buy players for his team so team could be better. Like, literally, from what accounts were saying, according to the interview, he was trying to buy players as if they were property. Like, I will buy you for $200,000 and you can play me. No, it doesn't work like that. You have a contract. The contract states that I cannot play for anyone until this time and I become a free agent. And it sounds like he was really subjecting these players to what would be called um, slavery. Just the way he looked at them, every player had the same thing to say about him. Like, he would grab them and say, oh, look at this hunk. Look at this guy. And parade in the locker room with his friends. And just a really bad person, you know, for what I'm hearing. I mean, you know, I think what people probably don't understand is that Sterling is not his last name. His official birthright name. Um, his official name is Sterling because he changed the name legally. So, okay, Sterling's his last name. But also, you know, he made sure, being a Jewish male, that he didn't want to be known as Tuckowitz, which is his name. So if you ever look at his name, look his name up. It's Donald T. Sterling. The T, the T stands for uh, Tuckowitz, and that's his last name. He's obviously Jewish with the wits. And so he didn't want to be stereotyped. He, he didn't want to be looked at that as, you know, this Jewish guy, but you realize that it was a deeper issue and just not being a Jewish guy, but I think that the hate that he had for himself and the reason he didn't like minorities because of the hate he had and probably endured as a kid, but that still was no excuse, you know, it, that that still was no excuse. And prior to him becoming as this NBA owner, he owned a lot of land, he owned a lot of property in uh, you know, in and out of L.A. County. And he's very successful even to this day. He's worth, I guess, uh, over uh, $3.8 billion. He's worth $3.8 billion. So in 2014, the NBA said, you know what, Mr. Sterling, what you said about Magic Johnson and minorities was horrible. We're going to kick you out. See you later. Bye. So he was banned from the NBA, can't come to the game, he can't participate. I'm sure he has his hand in it some way, somehow. He's a billionaire and he's an egotistical jerk. So he banned, he was banned and he had to pay a $2.5 million fine, which is nothing to him. Like, I mean, it's 
$2.5 million to him is like a regular person paying less than a penny probably because he has money like that. But watching this documentary, you know, it, it just... It just reminds you of the re- harsh reality of sports, and you know, you know, people like him need to be out of the sports. You know, being a coach, being in, you know, being around sports, you have people who really have this, this dire and hunger to be the best, but also they do it in a negative, nasty way. I think the reason why people love sports is because sports can bring everyone in, regardless of your race, color, creed, sexuality. You know, you are rooting for one thing, and that's your team. So I think that. Watching this, I was very appreciative of, you know, my understanding as a male and my understanding as, like, how important sports is and, you know, and what it did for me. But I think that, you know, just just the stuff that he did to people and for people, it didn't sound like he was a really good person, you know, because some people, you know, there's two sides to the story, but I think that once he realized, you know, he can make a lot of money and he could be the bad guy, I think that he enjoyed that role of being the bad guy. And I don't know if it was ignorance. I don't know if he knew what he was doing. I'm going to say he didn't know what he was doing. But I think after a while, he liked that role because he was able to be a cheapskate. Again, like I said, he was he was subjecting his players to 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 shower in the junior college Locker room, not D1, not D2, like junior college, like in the hood. Like they were not important to him. And the reason why his team sucked because nobody wanted to play for him. You know, so all these years, you know, being a kid, I'm like, why are the Clippers so bad? You have the L.A. Lakers right there. Like you guys are in L.A., prime real estate, best place. And then, you know, years later, you find out that they play for an asshole of of an owner. You know, and it, and it, and it took these tapes to come up for him to be this villain, this devil. Like I think that he should have been out of the league years ago. But again, because he was a lawyer prior to him owning so many properties, he would file suits upon suits against people against the NBA. He had a suit against the NBA, you know, that they you know eventually dropped. But they wanted to get rid of him years ago, but they just couldn't. And I say that because money makes the world go round, you know. Like, this guy has so much freaking money, he did in what he wanted to do. You know, it was just disgusting. And, you know, I got some notes right here. Um, let me see. So one thing that was consistent was every player said the same thing about him. Like, he was a creep. He was a jerk. He did not care, and he treated you like property. Now, you hear a lot of players say that about owners, but this guy literally treated people like property. And he could care one iota about who was who and what was what. You know, like, you know, you have people, every, almost every interview said he would come in with his entourage, he would grab you. Oh, look at this Buck. Look again, Buck is like a, it's a derogatory name, you know, for an African American because they, you know, would use that term to describe a lot of slaves. Like, oh, he's a he's a nice buck. You know, when you think of a buck, you think of a deer, you think of big, strong, you know, uh, powerful animal. And that's what, you know, he would display to a lot of a lot of people, you know, that he was this, you know, slave master. But uh one good thing that he did, I guess, was he gave Jerry Dr. Jerry Buss the money to finance and, you know, uh, take over the foreign 
you know, which became like a staple of L.A., the Los Angeles Lakers. So I guess that was nice, you know. But this bastard was so cheap that he didn't even have his own stadium. Now, listen, every, not every, because the Giants and Jets, they share, you know, stadiums. But my point is every other NBA team, they have their own stadium. But this guy was so cheap, he was like, I'm not about to sit here and, you know, buy another stadium when I can share one with you. Honestly, if he could have, he probably would have played at a high school. Like, that's how cheap this guy was. Like, he treated his player just like property. And he didn't care because he was making money. He was making so much money. He moved from San Diego to L.A. because it was better for him. It was beneficial for him. I think that he was over his head when he was in uh, San Diego. And he ended up getting sued because, you know, he again, he wanted to play by his rules and just leave. And it don't work like that, buddy. So he ended up, you know, having a suit and coming to L.A. So that's how he got here. Um, but, you know, Dr. Jerry Buss, you know, sold him some of his property. And he was all about money. He was all about understanding that there's a long, long-term goal. And, you know, you can't just look, as some will say, as your arms long, you know, you got to look past that. And that's one thing that I would respect about him is his prowess of being a home, um, a real estate mogul and what he did as far as owning property, but he was an asshole outside of that. I mean, he, this guy didn't care about people. He, he just, he, he had, you know, discrimination suits against him, but again, being a lawyer, he, he could care less. Like his, his main objective was to make more, and more and more money. So that's what he did. Um, but, you know, I I was glad that his side piece took him down. You know, like just hearing his wife, you know, you know this poor lady talking about how um, V. Silviano, you know, who was his side chick, uh, how she was basically stalking his wife. Like, hey, I'm going to own this team and you're nobody. And again, I'm not saying cheating is right. I'm not saying, you know, what you do outside your life. I don't care. But my thing was, he was just disrespectful. And he was bad for business. He was bad for the sport all around, you know. And you can see how bad he was because of the teams that he produced. I think that while his team had the chance of actually winning an NBA title, that's when all this broke. In 2014, the Clippers were on the precipice of actually being a great playoff team going deep in the run. But this happened and, and overshadowed it. And I'm pretty happy that it happened because he didn't have to be that winning owner. Like, I would rather them lose than to have him on that, you know, that roster as the owner of the Clippers for winning a championship. Like, good. You know, F you, do whatever the fuck you want to do, just whatever. But but just, but just watching how ESPN broke that documentary down, I think it was so dope because it actually showed – the ugly side that people like myself and people that don't understand what it's like being an owner, you know, like this guy was a jerk from the get go and it was good that they exposed that. And I love how a lot of players now are taking control and a lot of people say, well, you know, players need to play. Like, you know, why should they be, you know, trying to run a business? Uh, you know, why is LeBron going from here to there? Well, guess what? NBA, it's a business. And at the end of the day, you have to make money. So when you have owners like, you know, Donald Sterling, who's not the owner anymore, he sold the team for two point, uh, you know, two billion dollars. His wife got the other half, his ex-wife probably. Um, 
you you realize that these players need to have their own freedom. These players need to be able to understand that if these owners can treat it as a business, then why can't I? And I think that people always say that these guys should be happy. These guys should be, you know, grateful for the opportunity that they get. Why? Like, just because they're playing a sport that they were blessed at does not mean that they got to take shit. No, they shouldn't have to take shit. Okay, so what? They got uh, ability that most people don't have. So what? You have an ability to flip burgers. You have an ability to flip fries. You have an ability to own a company. You have ability to, you know, be a school teacher. Whatever your your employment is, that's your ability. Like, if your owner talks to you like shit, would you going to take it? No, you're not. You're going to stand up. And a lot of these NBA players are standing up. And I love that they're actually understanding that I'm a business. This is my model. And this is what I'm saying about Jay-Z, understanding that, you know, I have an opportunity to own something because a lot of black people weren't allowed to own anything. And we are so far behind the eight ball as a people that I love that people are actually getting in front of this and trying to own something, trying to make it where they can produce generational wealth. Like looking at Donald Sterling pissed me off because people like him were the reason that a lot of my ancestors couldn't pass down, you know, that generational wealth. Or our people couldn't pass down generational wealth because redlining, um, you know, because of housing discrimination. So we couldn't own a lot. So we were forced to just do these measly jobs where the law was protecting white people, particularly white males, who can discriminate in making sure that we stayed slaves and that we stayed, you know, property. But I'm so happy that you have a lot of people who understand what business is. And it takes sports sometimes to transcend things and to get people to see out of the lens that they won't normally get people to look in. So that's why I love this this expose that ESPN did on Donald Sterling because it wasn't just about, you know, some owner who had a side chick who was acting like an asshole or who was a, a, a straight asshole to everybody. No, it was looking at how... When you break down everything, like minorities have been behind the eight ball because of people like him. He was able to capitalize on his his whiteness, if you will, and bring it all home where he can pass that down to his kids, kids, kids. Again, this man worth $3.8 billion after he sold a team. Think about that. He sold a team for $2 billion. He split that in half, give his wife $1 billion of the team ownership. He shouldn't be allowed to sell anything if it was up to me. Like, his ass should have lost the team. Like, no selling, you losing the team, you ain't getting shit. That's how I felt. But again, he was allowed to win. He was allowed to get what he wanted to. And this is this is this is what pisses me off. But this is what I also love about sports is that it brought people together. And sports has a way of doing that. So that's why I wasn't too pissed that he was out the league because we need people like him exposed, like the Charlotte's um, I'm sorry, like Atlanta Hawks owner. You know, like people like that don't need to be in position of power where they can where they can discriminate against others and stop others from actually eating. Now listen. The way you feel about interracial dating, the way you feel about, you know, uh, people who are gay, lesbian, whatever, that's your opinion. 
But you don't have to discriminate against them because of your beliefs. And you shouldn't be in power. You shouldn't have the power to stop people from getting what they want. And that's what I love about this expose. They did a great job of breaking that down. So when you're watching it, don't look at it as, okay, well, there's just another owner who got caught. No, look at it as how the American fabric has made it so, you know, it looked like black people need to play a sport. And I and I think that that's what a lot of people think. Well, you know, you should be lucky. No, I shouldn't. Like, sports should only be uh, extracurricular activity. And if I make it to the pros, then guess what? That's great. But I shouldn't be lucky because I'm an NBA player. No. Like, these guys are humans. These guys are people, too. So, you know, please watch that. You know, please watch that. And, and I... And I re- and I really loved it. Like I said, I listened to the whole podcast in a day. I just went through it. It was so dope. You know, I just had so many questions, so many ideas on how you know they just they just really you know put it all together and you know just 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 really put the pieces into it. So shouts out to them for doing that, man. I think it's so dope, and I would love to see you know other people stand up and other players you know take initiative. And say, hey, I have to be an owner, you know. So when people are hating on NBA players or or professional athletes, just remember, like, they have a business. They can't play this game forever. So either you want them to be in control or you just want to be selfish. You know, you can't have both. You can't have everything. So I loved it, man. I really love it. And I really love that players are actually, you know, putting themselves in position to be owners. Like LeBron James, we know sooner than later he will be an owner. And that's so dope. Like, we know he's going to be an owner. Like, we see Michael Jordan. He made billions of dollars and millions of dollars. And now he owns the Charlotte Bobcats. So, shout out to him, man. And I would love to see more minorities uh, becoming owners. And not only, like, small, you know, minority owners, but really majority owners where they own at least 50% or more of the team. And that's coming. You know, the the Brooklyn Nets, they have an Asian owner. You know, again, so change is coming, and it's and it's so dope. So, you know, I'll wait to the fella so we can talk more about that, but I had to talk about that. If you haven't seen it, 30 for 30, it's a Donald Sterling um, documentary, whatever, you know, ESPN. Shouts out to you. Did a great job. Um, college football is back. I'm so happy to see college football. Uh, my Florida Gators beat the Miami Hurricanes last Saturday. I loved it. You know, a lot of turnovers. Um on our part, you know, we still got a lot to to do. We, you know, we still have a lot to really work on. But just to see college football back, man, I love it. I just love football, man. Like, I'm the type of person, like, I'll watch Pop Warner football, you know. I'll watch a lot of these, you know, YouTube channels where you have these teams playing. And just the sport of football and what it brings, you know, just that grit, you know, learning how to play as a team, learning that leadership, learning how to be, you know, in command and control, and it's not just barbaric sport where people just banging heads. No, like it's really game of chess. You got to think. So, shouts out to everybody that's starting football. Now, my prediction is Clemson is going back to the championship. You know, they still got you know, uh, you know the freshman quarterback. Well, he's not a freshman anymore. He's Sunshine. Um, he's he's actually a sophomore right now. Um, so I'm really looking forward to Clemson being there now. 
I know Alabama had you know had a major injury, um, but you you know you you just you just can't count Alabama out. I'm sorry, even though I don't like Alabama being a Florida Gators fan, you can't count them out. You know, if you look at every for the past what five, four to five years, it's been Clemson and Alabama. So it's really hard to count them out. And plus, the BCS loves Alabama, so they're gonna make sure that Alabama is in it. So you know, shouts out to. Clemson, who you know, for taking down the evil empire. But for my prediction right now, I have to go with Alabama and Clemson again. Um, I know a lot of people have Georgia in there, but I have to see. I said week three. I will I will definitely have a have an answer to that. So, you know, shouts out to everybody, you know, that's 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 putting on. So before I wrap it up, watch the podcast, don't shoot the messenger this Sunday. All right. Watch it. It's going to be a great one. Holla at your boy. Peace.